All right, as promised, we are joined right now by an NFL writer for The Athletic. He previously served as an NFL reporter and a columnist for USA Today. Also covered the Washington Commanders as a beat writer for The Washington Post. We are joined by Mike Jones. Mike, it is great to have you back. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing well, Jim. How are you? Good, good. All right, so Mike, why don't we start with the breaking news this morning. Frank Reich has been fired as head coach of the Panthers. Yes, they're horrible. Yes, their owner is incredibly volatile. But what is your reaction to Reich getting the Urban Meyer treatment and not even surviving his first year with the team? Yeah, it was a little bit surprising. A couple weeks ago when I was asking around and some people had said that there were starting to be some rumbles that his job uh, that he might have been coaching for his job. I think it was right after he took back the play calling duties. And someone said that uh, they had kind of been given the signal that he had to make some kind of a change and get some type of a turnaround. Otherwise, David Tepper is going to pull the plug on this thing. Well, here we are two, three weeks later, and David Tepper's patience has run out. Um, Now, a lot of people I talk to around the league will say, look, that roster is so talent depleted uh, that uh, nobody would have had really much of a chance. Uh, but uh, they're also, you know, David Tepper is very meddlesome. Uh, he likes to have his fingers in everything instead of sitting back and letting um, Reich work there. Uh, and, and look, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You had Reich, you had Thomas Brown, you had Jim Caldwell, you had um, uh, Josh McCown all these people kind of with different offensive philosophies that he was trying to bring together there. And it didn't seem like everything really ever was in sync. When you look at the offense that they were running compared to the offense being run in Houston for CJ Stroud, much more young quarterback friendly in Houston, supporting him with the run game, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, using the play action passing attack uh, to help him and buy him time uh, to put some doubt in the, the minds of the defense. None of that was going on there in Carolina. And so Bryce Young struggling, no consistency on offense, no consistency in his game as well. And a lot of that falls on Frank Wright. All fair. Mike Jones joining us right now. So, Mike, what about Philadelphia? Let me move on. Philadelphia has the NFL's best record at 10-1 and right now. Do they also have the league's most clutch player in Jalen Hurts, who won it on a quarterback keeper for his fifth TD of the game yesterday? Yeah, I think they do. There's one thing about leadership uh, and that the rest of the team feeds off of it. And when you look at that team, And if you talk to Nick Sirianni and you talk to Jalen Hurts, there is a poise about them. There's a confidence. There's a calm. They never flinch. And the same thing happens with that Philadelphia team. They haven't been perfect in any game this year. They have fallen in holes. They've had to climb their way out. But their head coach doesn't flinch, and their quarterback certainly doesn't flinch either. And there's always a belief that, hey, we're going to keep on swinging. We're going to make the plays when we need to. We don't care if we're down by double digits. We're going to get it done. And we saw that happen again and again and again over the course of this season. And last night was another good example. They needed the big plays in the clutch. They got it from their kicker. They got it from their defensive times. They got it from their quarterback. And, yes, Jalen Hurts. Definitely got to be up there among the favorites for MVP. He is the tone setter. He is the leader. He is the guy that this team needs to continue to succeed. Mike Jones joining us. So, Mike, what about the Bills? I mean, I could argue they're the opposite. When they need that clutch play, they don't get it. They found another way to lose a tough game. They found another way not to finish. They did take Philly all the way to OT, but they end up dropping to 500. Are the Bills, I know you got into this uh, in your column this morning or yesterday, are the Bills effectively done at 6-6? Six and six? It, it, It's close. They're not done, done yet, but their stretch run 
features some really tough teams. They've got three playoff teams coming up here that they have to get some wins against. They also need teams in front of them like um, the Bengals, uh, the Browns, the Colts, uh, the Texans. They need teams like them, the Broncos, who all have tiebreakers ahead of them. They need them to falter. It's a shame because this team is very talented. Josh Allen, there's no question. He is a ball player. He can make all the plays you need. Yes, there are questions. You know, he has the turnover issues, uh, but it's not for lack of trying. But they really did not put um, the the more additional support around him that they needed to this past offseason. And so that's why they're in this hole here. And I don't know if they're going to be able to climb out of it just because of what's going on ahead of them. Other teams starting to find their stride and them really just having a tough run ahead. Right. So, Mike, like, never mind winning it all, which was supposed to be the point. If they don't make the postseason – is Sean McDermott finished? In other words, is he effectively coaching for his job? No, I haven't heard that yet, but if they do not make the playoffs, tough questions do have to be asked. And it has to be also asked of Brandon Bean when they look at the way they put together this roster. Um, you know, what did they do to further fortify the offense? What did they do to continue to evolve? Um, you know, the, the scapegoats are gone. Leslie Frazier was not brought back. They said it was mutual, but there are suspicions that it wasn't. Ken Dorsey is now gone. Um, this offense, this defense, there's shortcomings on both sides of the ball. And the guy that you look at is Sean McDermott. And so if they fall out of this and don't make the playoffs, I do think that that conversation will have to be had. Now, will he be fired? I don't know yet, but there definitely are some tough questions he's going to have to answer. Mike Jones joining us. Mike, so looking around the AFC, what about the Chiefs? Like the Chiefs had that tough loss to Philadelphia. Then they fall behind the Raiders yesterday, 14-0. At that point, what were you thinking about the Chiefs? When they fell behind to the Raiders, I I wasn't worried there just because, you know, it's so hard to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes. You figured they were going to figure out a way to claw their way out of it. And also questions about the Raiders being able to sustain that. Um, this is a really important second, you know, last home stretch of the season for them as well, because yes, they have Mahomes. Yes, they have Andy Reid. Their defense is playing really well, but they need growth and consistency out of those playmakers because it's too easy for teams to key on Travis Kelsey. Yes, they have uh, Pacheco, who's really, you know, a spark in the run game, but they have way too many drop passes. We saw it. They should have beaten the Eagles, um, you know, if there wasn't the drop in the end zone there. They have to get some of these young guys to consistently be go-to guys for Patrick Mahomes to have trust in them. And if they can focus on that down the stretch of the season, they're going to be okay once they get to playoffs. But if they are not able to get those contributions, it's going to be easier for some of these defenses to take away Kelsey and the Chiefs will wind up falling short and not getting back to the Super Bowl, which is what their goal is. We are talking to Mike Jones for a few more moments. Mike, what about the Patriots? Another disastrous loss. Mac Jones gets another start. He gets benched yet again. Considering it was another bad, bad loss, have we reached a point where firing Bill Belichick before the end of this season is an actual possibility, literally? I don't think that Robert Kraft would do that. Uh, I don't see this thing going anywhere. It just does feel like the Titanic. Um, It's just going under, and it doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. They don't have a lot of talent at any position. They don't have a lot of playmakers. There's nobody that really scares you offensively, defensively. Yes, Bill Belichick put this together, but I don't see if you get rid of him, there's nobody on that staff that's going to magically fix their talent deficiencies. And so I think that, you know, out of respect – for what he's done, Robert Kraft will be patient. 
They'll get to the end of the season, and then we'll have some type of mutual parting of ways. Wouldn't be surprising at all. I agree. Mike, so before you go, let me ask you this. The Broncos completely came off the rails to start the year at 1-5. and five. It looked as if Sean Payton was in over his head, that he and Russell Wilson would never coexist. Yet here we are. They've won five in a row. Russ is playing really solid ball right now. What did Payton do to get this thing turned around? And could the Broncos actually be a playoff team? Yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit because he had his way of doing things. He had his philosophies. Um, you thought that we we're going to see a lot of the same type of offensive concepts that we saw with the Saints, with Drew Brees, and he was going to get Russell Wilson back. He was going to be cooking again. And really what he decided, what Sean Payton figured out, was that less was more with Russell Wilson. Just like early in his time there in, in Seattle, you need a strong run game, um, strong defensive play, using the play-action attack, using his legs to make plays if he was in trouble. Um, we're seeing that from Russell Wilson. He hasn't had a 300-yard passing game during this uh, five-game win streak that they're on. I think he's averaging something like 180 passing yards a game, but he's not turning the ball over. So he's being more selective. He's not forcing things. Sean Payton got him to buy in, and also they leaned more heavily on the run game, uh, and, and that really paid off for them. And here they are, right here in the thick of things, which we did not expect. Um, and, you know, we'll see. It, it, it'd be understandable the way they're playing now wouldn't be surprising to see them make the playoffs all right so mike one last thought what about the jags the jags had a solid win over the texans but does that put them back on track and in the conversation for the possible top seed in the afc in other words do you think the jags have that kind of upside they have a favorable schedule um so they should record wise be able to but there are just so many inconsistencies with trevor lawrence still that i i still don't see them pulling this thing off and winning the AFC. You know, you've got Baltimore who's got a really tough defense. Um, you've got um, tough defenses in Cleveland, Cincinnati uh, that they're about to face. And so, yeah, they'll make it to the playoffs. They'll, you know, make some noise. Don't see them winning the AFC. He is an NFL writer for The Athletic. He is Mike Jones and joins us frequently on Mondays to break down the weekend. Mike, always appreciate talking to you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thanks, Jim. I'll see you. See you soon. Mike, Mike Jones from The Athletic.